Welcome to a special episode of our Rainmaker Multiplier On Demand series brought to you by Clarity to Prosperity. For more information on the Rainmaker Multiplier process and a list of all podcasts in this series, visit ClarityToProsperity.com. All right. Welcome, everyone. Just to kind of set a little bit of foundation for everyone, like um, many of you are aware of this, but basically, you know, the inspiration of this training came from a book called The Ensemble Practice by Philip Palaviv. And, you know, that um, also, you know, what, uh, what the CFP board did is they commissioned his firm to do a comprehensive study, really the most comprehensive study that was ever done in advisor career pathing. Um, and uh, it was like an 80 page report that was created and what they generally came up with is like the most successful RIA and financial planning firms out there um, are, are creating like almost like steps of a ladder or rungs of a ladder of like showing someone that there is a type of career path. And whatever you call each one of those positions or rungs is kind of up to you. And, you know, we, we created our own, you know, version but in essence, you know, there's five rungs. And the first rung is client service associate. And that is what we call it. And that's more of an entry level position. Someone coming maybe even right out of college with no experience and maybe even up to two or three years worth of experience. But they're doing very mainly tactical work, you know, backstage work, um, delegate, you know, they're being, you know, delegated to and running pretty simple tasks, but crucial ones that need to be done in the backstage in order to support the front stage, meaning the financial advisors that are meeting with the clients. Um, so easily trainable, teachable, and it's how they're getting the ground you know, laid to ultimately become a financial advisor. It's the first rung in that track. And then the second rung being pair planners. So now they've been around for a couple few years. They've learned all the language. They've gotten, you know, they've gotten a good foundational knowledge of the business. And now they're ready to start learning how to become a financial planner. And they're learning in the backstage still, they're learning all the softwares, how to do financial modeling, tax modeling, all the analysis and everything else. They're starting to work on licenses and designations. It's almost like that transitional rung to ultimately then go to the third rung, which is where they're an advisor. But when they're a new advisor, so at the end of the day, uh, the Ensemble Practice is the name of the book. And um, the uh, in that third rung, they're now an advisor, but they're what a lot of people in the industry refer to as a junior advisor. And so they're newer. And so at that point, you don't want to stick them in front of your biggest and best relationships, but maybe you segment off some of your C-list clients or your whole book of C-list clients for them to service. And maybe they sit in all of your meetings with you as your second chair, which alleviates and lifts you as a lead advisor or a partner to be able to be the rainmaker you are and not be bogged down with a lot of the administrative, tactical, planning, you know, related work. And so that's really the purpose of that third rung is to serve the, uh, the new small clients of the firm and then as well as to serve uh, the existing smaller relationships of the firm. And then thirdly, to sit second chair to someone more experienced, a first chair, a lead advisor, which is the fourth rung, 
And then if you're a rock star lead advisor, and then in our opinion, if you have business development capabilities, you have the ability to graduate to that fifth and final rung, which is a practicing partner. So those are the true exceptional rainmakers, the ones that if you don't um, offer them the ability to be part of G2, the next generation, and part of your succession planning, they're probably going to leave and go look for another opportunity elsewhere where they can be part of an ownership group or make their way to be in partner. And that's kind of that purpose of that fifth and final rung is practicing partner. And speaking of G2, I'm gonna I'm gonna tap on you first, Adam, is uh let's talk about a little bit of your experience. Um is uh you know in in G2, Philip Palavich program too that you went through that Matt Seitz uh out of C2P as well as Rob Lasivita and JL Smith are going through. It's a three-year program. And then kind of how that relates to your experience with the advisor career path. Yeah, uh, definitely. Well, first of all, I just want to, I see a lot of familiar faces uh, uh, out there and it's just great to see the the sort of C2P family and, and so on. And looking forward to seeing a lot of you guys either in upcoming training or the mastermind. Um, so yeah, as Jason was talking about, you know, I made a commitment well, first of all, I go back to the most recent Mastermind Collegium that we were at. We listened to Dave uh, Grau Jr. really sort of talk about it. To me, how I really sort of cue this up for everybody uh, is is really it's creating enterprise value for your, you know, for you. Many of you are business owners and you really want to increase your, your enterprise value. Also, you know, Tim Claremont, one of the mo more successful advisors that, you know, is in this in this program he had a, a, a discuss. We had a discussion uh, recently, and he he had a, an epiphany where he saw, you know, hey, if I'm going to scale this business, you know, as we all know, Tim is remarkably time efficient, uh, productive advisor. But he had the aha recently for himself that if I'm going to scale this business and create more enterprise value, I have got to really sort of create a team, and I'm going to invest in people and and, and so on. So. You know, I had that aha several years ago that, you know, and and we we had um, I was in a, a mastermind group here in the Baltimore area. And the the guy that created this was more how to create ensemble practices. And he opened up uh, his practice to us. He was far more successful than we were. And he was a bit he actually worked with Phil Palavi. So um, he really convinced me to go through the G2 training. And and uh, it's it is it's a fantastic uh, program. I can't say en enough positive. And it sort of get, went really well. Uh, it complemented well with, you know, what C2P and more specifically the advisor career path had had. And, and it's like Jason is saying, um, the old way of doing it is, hey, let's bring in somebody and make them a producer. And that, you know, that it's not likely to be successful in, you know, the way it worked 20, 30 years ago you know, with the different demographics, the, the different generational uh, things that people want. And it really, you know, and, and you think about it, how many people, our ideal types of clients that are, you know, in that 50 to 60 age range are going to turn over a million to $2 million to a 22 year old kid right out of college and so on. So you, we, the, the advisor career path for me, uh, we, Philip Halaby, you know, because he authored it, he really felt that. So we were on on that path to sort of really create those rungs and, um, and really, you know, give, 
at different stages. So, you know, the first couple stages, you really need to master the technical content of what you do. And then, you know, as Jason was saying, then as you get to the higher parts, that's when the business development and lead advisor really comes to play. It, it has been really instrumental for us. And, and, you know, because we bring it to the, the younger people and we're not expecting them to be producers from day one and we're training them and, and we're training them to be later. Some, some of the things that you, you know, as you, you progress in your career, you forgot I had to go through this learning curve. Now it's teaching up. Now we have to got to be teachers. We've got to be leaders and go through it. So um, the advisor career path was that training was a great complement to the, the, to the G2 because it, 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 it aligns very well. The missing component for us going through the advisor career path training was the compensation, making sure J Jason really was talking about benchmarking. We, we wanted to make sure we were, we were paying, uh, paying and, and getting off the grid. We're, we're not, we're not doing the grid any longer. We're, we're giving salaries and, and it's based on the, uh, the production of the whole enterprise, not just, you know, individual books of business. That's great, Adam. You know, you make you made me think of recently. I attended the two-day conference uh, Dimensional Fund Advisors put on on succession planning, and I it was really like kind of jaw dropping some of the information that I heard. And and one of the things, like, and what I'm referring to specifically was part of the DFA, they do an annual study on compensation and practice management, and they interview, you know, 500 and some firms. And then they, they look at the top performing firms, and they looked at um, the firms that are awarding partnership, right, to those that are on the advisor career path. And one of the things that they identified was the average time a practicing partner makes their way to ultimately, you know, someone who actually makes their way to become a partner because they're that good, right? They're that good of a lead advisor. They're that good of a rainmaker that they make their way to be an actual partner of the firm. The average time that they spent in the backstage before they ever sat in front of a client, take a guess how many years it was. Nick, Adam, you guys, uh, you take a guess. Three. Three years. All right. How about you, Adam? Yes, that's a, that's a, I'll, I'll go a little higher, five or six. Six to eight years. Yep. Six to eight years before they ever sat one time in front of a client, spent that much time in the backstage. I was like jaw dropped. Like, I'm like, there's no way. I can't believe it's that long. And, uh, but this is, you know, this is, I mean, this is data. This is what the studies show. Now, you know, what it made me think of is like, you know, the younger generation doesn't like to work as many hours, I don't think, is the older one. I mean, that's just the truth of it, right? I mean, that's, a, it's kind of a downfall that a lot of us that are probably in our 40s and 50s and 60s, like, we work too much. We're workaholics, right? A lot of us, right? We get sucked into that where they have a little bit more of that work-life balance. But, you know, one of my favorite business author, or authors in general, his name's uh, Malcolm Gladwell. And um, 
So uh, Malcolm Gladwell uh, came up with this, uh, this rule. It's called the 10,000 hour rule. And it's in the book Outliers, you know, it's best-selling, you know, book that he wrote. And so what this rule is, and he, he used a lot of cool things like the Beatles and when they really took off in their career and even Steve Jobs. And when he, after programming for all those years, he ultimately, you know, took off uh, in his career and it all kind of ties back to 10,000 hours. And so what it is, is, you know, what the theory is or what the rule is, is you have to spend 10,000 hours learning and practicing something before you kind of get to a level to where you're, you know, you're, you're skilled enough to start mastering that thing. And so what was really interesting is we had uh, three client service associate rung ones that started at JL Smith here in the last 90 days. And I sat down last week with all three of them in the same day, separately in the same day. It's part of our onboarding process. And, um, you know, just to spend one-on-one -on -one time with the founder type of thing. And so one of the gentlemen um, that uh, that is, it was hired and, um, shoot, it's not Derek, I'm so bad. Caleb, Caleb, that's what it is. So this kid was like a D1 college football, like athlete, right? And really good in school too, right? Academically. And very, very driven. Like this kid's got a big upside. I'm super excited about him. But he asked me a question that, that nobody's ever asked me before. And, and, and I wish I could remember the exact words he used. But, um, you know, he had asked me, basically, what can I do to be successful as fast as I can be, right? That was the gist of what he asked. And immediately, somehow, the, I remembered the 10,000-hour rule when I read the book, Outliers. And so I explained to him, I said, at the end of the day, it's about 10,000 hours, right? And like, for example, if you use, you know, a 40-hour work week and you work 50 weeks a year, that's 2,000 hours, you do the math, it's going to take you about five years in the backstage before you're going to go front stage and start to be a financial advisor. But if you take the Wall Street approach and you work 100 hours a week, right, you just cut that five years down to two and a half years. By no means am I recommending you do that. And I told all three of these CSAs in separate conversations, like, I'm not saying you should work 100 hours a week. But at the end of the day, it's up to you. It's your own journey, right? Of how much you decide to dedicate to expedite the development because a lot of the reading and the courses you take and the licenses and designations and uh, webinars you attend and everything you do all counts. And, but it's that time in the backstage. And so it was, uh, that, that was kind of a cool experience to sit down with those three young people. Nick, how about uh, how about you, man? You you're on this journey of building out an advisor career path, and you've gone through the trainings. T tell us a little bit about your experience. Built on the foundation of the award-winning bucket plan process, Clarity to Prosperity's proven processes, training, and coaching can help you increase your revenue. If you are a growth-minded, independent financial advisor, you qualify for a free copy of the Bucket Plan book. Go to claritytoprosperity.com forward slash offer to get your free book today. 
That's clarity2prosperity.com forward slash offer. Yeah, so prior to starting Vantage Point, which is a little over three years ago now, my partner Tim and I, uh, we came from an independent firm that we had in our office, which I ran the branch for far too many years, um, spinning my wheels, but we had seven to 10 advisors at any given time and everybody worked in a silo. We were all independent contractors, but I was trying to build this branch and build a firm and it was impossible. Like nobody wanted to work hard. It was impossible to build a really good culture. We didn't really have a team that worked on the same type of planning even. Um, so it was really tough. And so we, you know, we saw the writing on the wall eventually and started our own firm um, and wanted to build you know, this ensemble. And actually Jason, before we made that that move, you sent me that book and it was fantastic. Like I highly recommend if you've never read it, read it. Um, and it really puts a lot of, into perspective. For me, initially, I thought, you know, hiring advisors, bringing them on as like a W-2 employee, paying them a salary, giving them, you know, a smaller percentage of the, the fee revenue they bring in or commission that they bring in. I thought as an entrepreneur and someone that had been doing it that way for 15 years, like I get paid every dollar I bring in, I get a you know, 90% of it or whatever, you know, gross. And I thought, well, will we, will, be, will we be able to find really good quality people? You know, will they have that drive like I did, you know, when I was coming out of college? And we did. And we found that people love that stability of having a good salary. They understand they have to earn their way. But having that career path is just a game changer. I mean, they see where they're going. They see the carrot at the end is this partnership. Like, it doesn't mean everybody's going to get that. You have to earn it. But it it takes away that thought of, like, I'm not going to get compensated enough. Or the feeling as an owner, like, I, you know, developed this great advisor that then leaves because they say, you know what, I can do it better on my own. Um, but when you build it up as a, an entire company, they're an employee of the company, they're building something bigger than just their book. It changes the kind of the mindset for not only me as the business owner, but also as the advisors that are coming in. Uh, we hired two great ones over the last year one a year ago in February and it was kind of early stages of you guys shared that whole advisor career path you Jason and Dave um, shared that with us and we utilized that and it really helped to sell him because he had some other offers and he was looking at it like oh, I, I see the career path I see what what it looks like not just this year next year but you know well into the future and then another one um, both these guys we took from Northwestern Mutual uh, another guy that we hired in October and he had an offer from one of the biggest competitors in our area down the street, but he liked our culture. He liked the career path, everything that we were, were showing him and our vision that we were sharing too. It, it all goes together, you know, and it's, it's been just a, a mindset shift from where I came in the industry for 15 plus years to, you know, being a business owner and developing younger talent and, and building a firm together where they feel like they have ownership, which is a big piece of it. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up, Nick. I mean, at the end of the day, like as a business owner, you want to attract, you want to retain, and you want to reward top talent. That's the key. That's the key to a successful, you know, practice to a successful business that, you know, is going to continue to, you know, live on for your clients beyond you too, and provide for you at the latter stages of your career for retirement, for business succession, for valuation of your business, you know, to have that next generation in place. And um, the whole attracting piece is what you were speaking to, Nick, because just laying out that one page visual, right, on those five rungs, 
and showing them that they have that future. And then as they're going through the wellness and they're, you're developing and training them to retain them, to be able to show them where they're at and give them small compensation raises throughout. And as you guys know, there's actually three levels within each of these rungs. Because if somebody spends a couple few years in a rung, like, yeah, that's a long time, right? For them to not have any advancement. But what you can do is give them advancements to move within levels within the rungs and small pay increases in order to retain them, you know, along the way with the ultimate reward at the end of being part of the next generation and making it to practicing partner. Jason, another point that I would say, just listening to Nick, you know, when he was talking about the individual silos, you know, pretty much everybody on this, this call really, you know, is committed to bucket plan, retirement income planning, tax management journey. If you're using those, those resources, you know, by having the advisor career path, you, you increase your chances that you're going to be able to standardize, standardize those, those processes into, into your practice. Uh, because, it, you know, if everybody's doing their own thing, you don't control what, you know, what anybody's doing on a given thing. Some people might adopt it. Some people might not adopt it. So by having a career path, there's a quality control component of it for the managing principals and the lead advisors to make sure everybody is following the bucket plan and the tax management journey. Man, I'm glad you just said that, Adam, because like quality control is the key because I think a lot of the old school people here, I'm going to put myself in that category at 47 is like, I started out knocking door to door. Right. And I didn't know shit. I mean, I didn't know what I was doing. And, and reality is, yeah. Did it develop grit and perseverance and all kinds of a lot of freaking tears and, and, you know, anti-depression medication, but <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But but seriously, like, yeah, there, there's some advantages to starting out like school of hard knocks, like literally. Um, but on the other hand, like the truth of the matter is I probably, I, I don't even know, I'm not going to say probably, I know that I made a lot of sales that probably weren't the right choice for that play. But I didn't know any better because I was just set loose out as a product salesperson without the appropriate amount of time in the backstage to learn the right way to do business, right? And the right way, as we all know, is holistic, comprehensive financial planning. And I was just set out. Now, like one of the ways that you can develop that grit and let them cut their teeth in basic sales is like adding Medicare to your practice. Because it's very, very simple. It's easy for them to get, you know, to understand and be able to conduct that sale with a, with an existing client or a new prospect. So that's a great service that if you want them to start to develop sales skills early on and prospecting skills early on, that's a great way to do it. But for me, I was literally out there selling like life insurance and long-term care and annuities in my very first handful of years in the business, I had no business being out there doing that at that point. I should have spent a handful of years in the backstage. It's good. How'd you, uh, how'd you start out, Nick? Did you get some backstage experience before or did somebody just cut you loose uh, like me doing a bunch of inappropriate sales? <laughs> um, 
compliance is listening. So I did everything appropriate. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, yeah, it was just cut you loose and you had to do everything. So you had to learn everything, you know, process your own paperwork. I mean, prospecting, doing the meetings, like there was so little mentorship and training. I mean, there's a little bit of training here and there, but it was like trial by fire. I mean, you're just thrown to the wolves. And, and I saw so many great people. I talk about this in interviews with people. Saw so many great people that came from college that said they wanted to be an advisor. And there was this one path. And if you didn't cut it within six months and prove that you could close business, you were gone. But there were some really talented people that probably could be in the industry today, 20 years later, that would be really successful. But Maybe it took them longer or maybe their path would have been a little different with more mentorship or working in the back office. Um, so we will look at it as like we have a, a guy that we hired. He's graduated from Ohio State. You know, irks me to, to say that I hired somebody from there, but um, <laughs> he's starting in the summer and um, giving him that path that, hey, he thinks he wants to be a lead advisor. But hey, if you, you have an appetite for operations or marketing or para planning, like there are these different roles that you can you know, evolve into that maybe you're not going to be a lead advisor and that's okay because you have a ton of talent and skills. Uh, so yeah, that's it's a, not a that's good a, yeah. That's an awesome point, Nick, because like we've had that happen where we have somebody start as a client service associate and they're starting to go into rung two pair planning and they come to a realization they don't want to be a financial advisor, but we've retained them and they've become valuable assets to the team on the operations team, but it's like having that time sitting in the backstage learning, you know, there's different paths they can, they can ultimately go. Yeah. Jason, I would also say, you know, what JL Smith does was, is different than what we had originally done. We had brought in advisors and they were really working, you know, sort of second chair on there. And we, what we missed is the component of of doing more admin thing, working what we call our client service team, processing paperwork. And subsequently, we had it, ended up having to do a lot of rework because we weren't go, de, delivering, because our those, those uh, first rung folks didn't know what was going into the paperwork. We were giving them, you know, half the information that they needed. Now that they're they're doing more of the paperwork and they understand what it's like and the frustrations it's like to be on the, on that end of processing paperwork when you have half the information, now they're much more cognizant and giving a better deliverable to, you know, on, on the handoff. And so, you know, really having, you know, that was an aha, just list, you know, talking to uh, Rob from JL Smith of like, okay, hey, we're, you're, you're doing these elementary things first. And it, it's just helpful as the advisors to know what the other, you know, the client service team needs. Excellent. Yeah, great point, Adam. Well, you know, last thing I want to share with you, because we're we're at the top of the 30 minutes, these always go fast, is, you know, the discipleship square, I think, articulates really well the importance of mentoring, right? And it goes back to biblical times. It's how Jesus trained the disciples. And there's four stages or phases that they go through. And the first is, I do, you watch. The second phase, I do, you help. The third phase, you do, I help. And the fourth and final phase is you do, I watch. And that's exactly what this first and second chair approach is. It's exactly what the 
backstage rungs, ultimately evolving into front stage financial advisors teaches. So with that, thank you so much for joining us, guys. And uh, everybody have the, a great rest of your week. Hey, happy St. Patty's Day tomorrow. Built on the foundation of the award-winning bucket plan process, Clarity to Prosperity's proven processes, training, and coaching can help you increase your revenue. If you are a growth-minded, independent financial advisor, you qualify for a free copy of the bucket plan book. Go to claritytoprosperity.com forward slash offer to get your free book today. That's claritytoprosperity.com forward slash offer. Interested in learning more about the topics discussed today? We want to know more about your challenges and priorities and how we can help build your custom roadmap to success. That's right, a custom roadmap built just for you. Schedule a free 20-minute consultation with one of our business development partners. Visit c2pe.info forward slash podcast to schedule a time that's good for you. That's c2pe.info forward slash podcast.